All right, and welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another Art of Idiocy coming at you here from Scorpion Ranch, Jacoba, Texas. Like I said, this is Brian Newton Fuller, and uh, I totally appreciate y'all uh, uh, listening in here. It means a lot to me. I, uh, I've been, like I say, I kind of stepped away, but now I'm back. Back from Vietnam, back on drugs, as they say. And I'm going to come to you directly today from the Art of EDC. Usually I try to try to tell a lot of these stories like from memory, but this one has been so long that I need a little bit of help with it. So I'm going to read this one, and it's in the book. Uh, if you have the book, <laughs> then you're going to be bored, but probably most people, I don't know, for some reason people haven't bought this book. It's not... It's not on the New York Times bestseller or even on the uh, Marla, Oklahoma bestsellers. It's, so I think if I read for the book, I'm not going to be giving away any surprises to anybody here. But uh, here we go. And it's the first time I've read this in forever. So uh, I will apologize in advance if I mess something up. But uh, let's rock and roll this bad boy. This one is called Date Dance Wreck. It's a story. Uh, from uh, my high school when I was, I think here, I was a junior, I think a junior, senior, I don't know, we'll see, junior, senior in high school. I can't remember. But maybe the story will tell us, I don't know. All right, date dance wreck. I didn't date that much in high school. It wasn't my choice, believe me. I wanted to go with all the girls in school, and they just didn't feel the same way about that. To be honest, they were they were making the right call. As much as I'd love to look back at high school and tell those girls they passed about a good thing, eh, they didn't. I mean, now I'm a bit better than I was in high school, but in high school, I was and will always be, in the immortal words of Yosemite Sam, a complete maroon. Yeah, I was way more into drinking and making people laugh than I was into getting turned down for dates by girls. Or as my therapist would say, I was drinking and made people laugh as a defense for my lack of confidence in myself. Well, hell yeah. It was high school. I was five foot four inches tall, had zits, a cracky voice, drove a 1967 Oldsmobile Delmont 88. Not even a freaking Delta Delmont. Sounds like a mistake. I had a perpetual boner. Self-confidence, right. Self-loathing, had that one down. And that's where the booze and fart jokes came into play. Keep the focus off me and I'll do something inane. Defense mechanism, my ass, more like survival instincts. Makes me wonder if my uh, shrink wasn't homeschooled now that he's uh, not pointing that sort of stuff out. But I digress. So that's what gets me uh, with this, uh, with almost any movie. Oh, excuse me. That's what gets me with almost any movie ever made about high school. It seems like the people who wrote it were trying to make themselves look cooler than they were. I got news for you. I'm not sure anyone was cool in high school. I mean, there were cooler people in high school, but that's because they were judged against people like me. That's like saying that I could probably kick the crap out of most third graders. Yeah, I said probably, and most, just in case some third graders read this out and calls me out, but I digress. I digress here. So the deal is that that with the few dates I went on, I, I never, it never really went anywhere as I wasn't the most focused on dates. My drinking and fart jokes seemed to take front seat between me and my dates, which didn't help out any of the amore. My therapist would say that this was my way of making a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure the girls had some say in that prophecy, and uh, with that 
just cause. So case in point, Duncan had these social clubs for girls and they would put out put on dances in like a Sadie Hawkins manner. The girls were the ones asking the guys to the dance. It was kind of a big deal to get asked because you felt like you'd made some sort of cut. But I, as I found out, a lot can happen between being asked and then actually going to the dance. When I was a senior, I guess I'd answer this question, this junior girl asked me to one of the dances. She didn't really know me and I didn't really know her, but it seemed cool with me. I mean, all the th- all the senior girls thought this was awful and thought I should be going with a senior girl. But seeing as that uh, all the senior girls are dating guys in college, I didn't quite get their outrage or their phone numbers for that matter. So going with a junior was a way to go. But before the dance arrived, as would be the case in high school, this girl started dating a guy. I found out about it and I told her she could go. She could blow me off and go with him. But after I said this, she got all chivalrous and in a real weird sergeant of arms tone said, if I ask you to the dance, then I'm going with you to the dance. Then she clicked her heels, turned around and walked off. It's like, holy crap. It's like I'm going to the dance with Colonel Clink. Poor gal. Little did she even know that if she had had my full attention for the dance, I would have barely been there. But to treat this dance slash date like community service, eh, it wasn't going to be pretty. So on the Saturday of the dance, my parents just happened to be out of town, which doesn't mean anything to this story other than they have an alibi and therefore aren't responsible for my behavior. So they're off the hook. With them being gone, this is like a kick-ass hall pass. As it turned out, my two friends, David Hambone and Jennifer Walkers, you know what your real names are, were in the same dance dilemma as I. Both their dates weren't really into, were into other folks, uh, but they were stuck going with them. So we decided to deal with this issue head on by spending the afternoon driving around the drag and drinking beers. My therapist would say, ah, who cares what he says? I was 17. It's not like I deal with my problems the same way today. I've grown. Now I stay home and drink. (laughs) But now I know that some of you are freaking over the underage drinking and driving thing. And you're correct. But this was 1979 in Duncan, Oklahoma. First of all, we didn't know that drinking and driving was bad. We knew it wasn't good, but we also knew that we didn't have any other choice, so that meant we didn't think it was bad. Yeah, yeah, I know we could have chosen not to drink, but have you ever been to Duncan, Oklahoma? If not, you're in luck. So before you judge, you know what they say, walk in another person's shoes, or in my case, walk in my earth shoes and try not to trip on my bell bottoms before you call me out. Also, you may be wondering where we got the beers. First off, we never gave money to someone else to buy the beer. That was something you did in junior high, and you learned real fast that it sucked. And it was always the same. There was some high school douchebag that would hang around junior high kids because he was douchebag and no one else liked him. On the weekends, he'd take your money and go buy beers. Then I think he'd drive to some other state to buy the beer as he was gone for hours. And when he did return, the beers were warm, half of them were gone. He'd have some lame excuse, but you were stuck. You'd take your warm, half beer order and go drink in an alley, all the while plotting how you're going to get back at this guy. The next weekend, what are you doing? You're back waiting for your man. It's no wonder so many junior high kids turn to weed. Shit, ma'am, <laughs> just the ease of purchase alone makes it appealing. But that's a whole nother story. So where do we get the beers? Well, I've got news for you. There are plenty of stores out there that don't ID. And unlike algebra, every teenager knows this. In Duncan, Oklahoma, there were three places that were notorious for not carting. I know it is illegal, but I'm sure that the, that the owners carried all the way to the bank. 
One place was the curb serve, where they actually brought beer out to your car. Not only were we under, were we under, were we underage, we were lazy. We wouldn't get out of the car. This store knew their clientele. There was another place in the south part of town that was run by an old guy with these thick Coke bottle glasses. The deal was this guy would ask for your ID, look at it, and then sell you beer. I don't know if he couldn't see or read, but everyone knew the ritual. And then there was this other uh, jiffy store on the, on the east side of town. This one was a bit dicey as you had to make sure that you got the cool clerk. The trouble was whatever description you received of the cool clerk, it seemed like that person was never work when you went in there. But it turned out that everyone was a cool clerk at this jiffy as they're all pocketing the money. So between these three stores, they supplied beer for any underage drinking in Duncan, Oklahoma, and the greater Stevens County region. Well, on this particular afternoon, the curb serve was our place of commerce. David was driving his Delta 88. See, Dave was cool. He had a Delta 88, not a fucking Delmont 88. Jennifer was in the front, and I was hanging in the back. We grabbed our first six-pack, took off down the drag. Now, I don't know if any of y'all lived in small towns, but the drag consisted of about a 10-mile loop that started on Highway 81, and it went down to the Sonic, where you turned around, and then you headed five miles down the other way to the NW, turned around, and back to the Sonic. Boom, boom, boom. And that's what you did. Along the way, you checked up the side of the drag to see if any of your friends had pulled over. If they had, you pulled up beside them, talked, told some lies, hit off a joint, had a few laughs, kept everything out of sight. The cops drove by and called a few of the people driving by dicks while they were probably calling you the same as they drove by. Granted, it wasn't the most exciting existence, but with alcohol involved, it became tolerable. Needless to say, David, Jennifer, and I got pretty shit-faced that afternoon. It was a total blast, cranking out music, having laughs, drinking beers, basically anything not to, the, not to deal with the reality of the night to come. And who says high schoolers don't learn how to deal with real life? I mean, seriously, we just did, right? But alas, I had to go home and get ready for the date. As the phrase, if I ask you to the date, then I'm going with you to the date, kept creeping into my head. So Dave and Jennifer dropped me off to get ready for the dance. Good news is that I was doubling with my friends, Todd and Tammy. The bad news is that when Todd and Tammy got to my house, I was having a hard time getting on my pants because I was so drunk. I don't know much about dating, but I, I don't think that's a positive sign. But they got me dressed and we hit the open road. Now, I do know enough about dates to know that you should always bring a girl a little something. I also know that the little something shouldn't be a six-pack of course tall boys now. So let that be a lesson to your future Romeos out there. Keep the six-pack to regular-sized beers, otherwise you look too anxious. Anywho, we picked up my date, who knew right away I was drunk. Something about me slurring my words uh, and giggling to myself gave me away. I kept trying to tell her that she should be glad that I had on pants, but she couldn't see the bright side on that issue. So we get to the dance. She immediately made a beeline for a new boyfriend. And for a brief moment, I felt bad that I was drunk. Then I realized that she would have done the same thing regardless. I didn't feel bad anymore. Plus, it turned out that a ton of my friends were there and it sneaked in various forms of liquor. Needless to say, this was turning out to be a great evening. And they had some lame-ass band playing the dance. I don't know what their name was. I'm sure it was something like, you know, like Cool Breeze or Hot Streak or Tepid Ass. One of those names they thought was a, a mild enough to book them everywhere from a high school dance to a retirement home soiree. 
Reality was they were mild enough to piss off the kids at a high school dance and the folks at a retirement home. And if it wasn't bad enough this band was lame, they kept taking breaks every third song to go outside and tell each other how much they kicked ass on that Eagles song or fucking sticks or whatever. After about the fourth break, I, I was done with it. When they took off outside, I grabbed my friend, uh, my friend Dwayne Burleson, uh, Butlerson, excuse me, <laughs> and I told him that we needed to get up there and rock the house. The fact that either of us could play an instrument didn't affect my decision, as the alcohol had that covered. We ran up on the stage. I jumped behind the drums. Dwayne grabbed a guitar. And just like two professionals, I counted off. The, I counted off while hitting the sticks together. One, two, three, four. Boom, pa ba boom, pa ba boom, pa ba boom. I hit a sweet groove. Boom, pa ba boom. Dwayne looked back in amazement and started strumming the guitar. Da, 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 da. I don't know what chord he was hitting, but I'm pretty sure it was outside the normal eight scale range. But we didn't care. We noticed everyone was starting to run into the dance floor. They couldn't believe what we were doing. Boom, ba da, boom, ba da, ba da, 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 da. Like we were, it was like we were real rock stars. We were rocking the house as Dwayne started to walk to the mic. People started yelling, free bird. As Dwayne got to the mic, I was yelling, free bird. Then Dwayne started singing, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. I don't remember that lyric in free bird. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. And then Dwayne started it again. It was like, it was everything I could do not to fall off my chair. It was way better than the Freebird and actually pissing people off. Of course, these people were the band that came running back in when they heard someone playing their instruments. I can still remember the looks on their faces as they ran, ran towards the stage. Man, I jumped off as quick as I could, but Dwayne, being the true professional that he was, set the guitar down and announced, thank you, thank you very much. We'll be signing autographs for the snack table in just a short. And with that, he bolted right before the band jumped back on stage. Of course, the bands grabbed the mic and announced that if anybody else touched equipment, would be sorry. They didn't know that we were already sorry they touched their equipment. After that, the rest of the dance was a big blur until it was over. And once it was over, my date came over and said she was ready to go. Once again, I told her that she could leave with her boyfriend, and she told me that we came together, so we will lead together. What principles was this poor girl living by? Some 1930s movie about a girl from the orphanage that doesn't want to upset the apple cart? Did she really think with some grand gesture of living up to your commitments are going to get her somewhere? I was drunk, and even I knew that was fucking stupid. But I was also drunk enough not to give a rat's ass about her conviction, so I told her, that's fine, but we're heading out to Party Road, and walked out towards the exit. Now, Party Road was where, and probably anybody from a small town can relate with this, was where we all went late at night to drink. It was a dirt road out in the country that had one really wide section where everybody could park their cars on either side, pop their trunks, crank up some music, and drink some beers. The cops rarely came out there for some reason. I guess they figured that the worst we'd do is run over a cow or something, so they let us be. But as we were driving out there, Todd and Tammy and I uh, were laughing our asses off. My date, she was bored off her ass. I'm sure that she was counting the minutes before she could go home when the next thing I know, she was on top of me. Now, don't jump to any wild teenage movie conclusions. The only reason she was on top of me was because while Todd was laughing, he drove off in a ditch. It flung us all around, but didn't do any deal, real damage to the car other than getting us stuck. If I sound very nonchalant about this wreck, it's because this sort of stuff happened all the time. 
I can't tell you how many times we ran into ditches, spun out, slid off roads. It was just part of driving around the, the country at high rates of speed. I mean, yeah, alcohol and weed were present during most of those wrecks. Of course, the fact that these were both the cause of the wreck and the reason for our nonchalant outlook never really registered with us. Once again, public education, hello, helping us out. So Todd, you know, tried revving the engine. You could hear the muffler wasn't attached, and it felt like the wheels were, weren't touching the ground. We all piled out of the car, and sure enough, the back of the car was high-centered, and the muffler was broken off. Thank goodness there were a bunch of our friends following us, and they all pulled over. So we, uh, we, they saw what, that we needed to push off the high-center and get some traction. We also knew that we needed to do this quick, as none of us wanted to get the cops involved. So we all pitched in with a bit of sweat and rock and got the car off the ground. Todd pulled it on the road. Todd said that he'd probably better head home, and we agreed. Tom also, uh, Todd also wanted to take the muffler home, as he, uh, he said he could reattach it. And this was fine except for one detail. Todd's car was a hatchback, and the muffler was too big to fit in sideways in the back. This left only one option, to lay the back seats down, and that way we could th- fit the muffler in. So if my date's night couldn't get any worse, she was now stuck climbing into the back of a car, lying on her back with the muffler to her right and me on the other side of the muffler. On top of that, the muffler was too long for us to close the hatchback. <laughs> we had to hold down the hatchback as Todd drove. And, and worse yet, with the muffler off and us holding the hatchback with a little opening in it, every time Todd hit a bump, the hatchback opened up just a little bit and exhaust would backtrack into the car. Oh, my God. I just, I wonder if this girl, I would love to know what her name, this is not the story. I just wonder if this girl, I would, I wish I would know her name. I can't remember her name. I need to look up so I can ask her what she remembers about this. She deserves a rebuttal to this. And if I get it, I will put it on here. Okay, back to the story. I can still remember as we were driving off, I leaned over and looked at my date, holding on to the hatchback, holding a little harder at each bump to try and minimize the exhaust coming in, and staring out the back window and up at the stars. She didn't look all that upset. I thought about all that she'd been through that night, that her only mistake was asking the wrong guy to the dance, that she didn't deserve any of this, that I was hoping that the exhaust didn't kill us or make me puke on her. It was at that moment that I said to her, I know that this night hasn't turned out exactly as you planned, but I'll bet you remember it for the rest of your life. That's when her look changed. At that moment, I kind of wished the exhaust would have knocked me out. And for the first time that night, I believe that she and me were probably on the same page. So there we go, kids. That was Date Dance Wreck from the Art of Idiocy. Read for the first time I've read a story verbatim. I think I'm going to do more of that stuff. So, uh... I, I hope y'all like it. If somebody does, let me know. Go to chacobratx.com and let me know. Um, and that, I think, is about it, my friends. So uh, I will be back with another story here in the near future. And until then, my friends, I got nothing to say to you, but thank you and peace.